When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Rock is back and did some stuff. What does it all mean? <laughs> this Not is the speculation podcast. <laughs> that's, you basically just sum- summarized everything that's happened on Twitter for three days. <laughs> <laughs> well, what purpose do we serve if not to give a voice to Twitter people hey. that are just speculating? <laughs> I'm Tempest. That's Dan, of course. We are the team here to review the SmackDown episode from this past Friday. It's a lot easier to remember the date for that Friday when it's just one day earlier yeah. as opposed to three. 16th, I wrote it down. 16th of the 2nd, 2024. You guys do your dates in a weird order. Well, otherwise it's the 2nd of the 16th and there aren't 16 months. But what what yeah, but also does that North make? Americans say things like, "Oh, it's like this is going to happen on February 2." No, they would say February 2nd. No, in America they say like July 30. Only well, on that's mad. HBO. That's absolutely ridiculous. I agree. Let us know how you feel in the comments down below. Thank you. We'll see you next time. No, we're here to discuss SmackDown here on the Russell Talk podcast channel. Make sure, of course, that you've liked this video and subscribed. Help get us to 100,000 subscribers. We're going to be needing another play button real soon. But (laughs) the thing that we need to talk about is the return of Hollywood Rock. Oh, yeah. And And return in a vengeance. Yes. This was almost like a chain on him had been unleashed. Yes, we have not seen what I would consider motivated rock mm. in a very long time in WWE programming. That's exactly it. And this very much was that. And there was a lot to discuss regarding what we actually got. Not necessarily the promo, like the promo was pretty standard. You know, he yeah. made fun of the crowd and put the heat on Cody for having his fans whine about, oh, Cody's got to finish his story and he's upset about that. And he said that The Rock and Roman Reigns, the bloodline is the strongest duo ever in wrestling. And if you smell what the bloodline is cooking, that was kind of the sum total of the promo. Mm-hmm. It is simplified, of course. We'll get into it in a minute. It's all the little things yeah. that people have been talking about on Twitter the last oh, few days. We are going to English lit 
media studies <laughs> the ever-living life out of this thing because it i i think i saw it was the i hadn't seen the promo yet i i saw the promo the day after because obviously it happens overnight for us um and i saw it was alex queen of the ring had posted on twitter that this thumb is going to be the discourse all weekend mm -hmm. and then uh, I think it's one of the things I like about wrestling is when people have fun looking into stuff. It's what yes. I like about movies. Do you remember WandaVision? We used to watch uh, Wanda we used to watch WandaVision when it was on. But like WandaVision was so much fun in no small part because between the episodes I was watching a bunch of videos of Easter eggs and yeah. what could this be? And that's part of the fantasy booking speculation. That's kind of been happening as a result of this promo. What do these words mean? What does this camera cut mean? What is this why is the fact that the, the rock has his thumb out? We'll get into it, but like mm -hmm. that's been a lot of fun to see people diving into. Yeah, and I agree. It is that sort of like, as long as everybody's having a good time with it and being civil and everything, yeah. it is kind of that community, ooh, I wonder what that's mm. gonna mean, vibe that you kind of want from your wrestling, especially yeah. as we get prepared for WrestleMania and with the card seemingly coming together as most people had kind of originally thought it would, to still have that intrigue mm. is really something. Mm. And I don't know, we'll get into it of course, but it's so fascinating to me because honestly, all the things that The Rock did that are being dissected and looked into could mean nothing. Uh, that, exactly, yeah. It could be everybody just like really hyper analyzing everything and it meaning nothing. Mm. But as long as everyone doesn't let their headcanon then disappoint them if it doesn't happen or anything yeah. like that, this is what's part of the fun of trying to figure out these wrestling storylines and then watching them unfold. I think that's key because there's so much um, in, in any media when you start fantasy booking, whether it's like pro wrestling, whether it's, you know, a, a, a movie, a franchise, a TV series, I, Game of Thrones, we had it a lot. The thing about, I always talk about the George R. R. on the Raw podcast. You haven't had to listen to me say this 26 <laughs> times. But like, George R. R. Martin always says, if you build your plot and have the idea that the butler did it and yeah. you start laying all the clues that the butler did it and then at the last minute you go, well, the chambermaid did it instead, your fans are going to feel shortchanged. It's one thing to like lay little traps and, and suggestions and hints and then as long as you stick to your plan or you, you roll with the punches and you deliver a satisfying narrative conclusion, if we as the fans start believing what we've decided, like the idea that like, you know, if you were upset that Okada and Sasha Banks didn't return or debut at the Royal Rumble, right. they didn't suggest that they would. Right. You know, if, if, if Punk hadn't shown up at Survivor Series, they didn't suggest that he would. So if we'd have said that Survivor, if we as a collective fandom had said that Survivor Series was bad because Punk didn't show up, yeah. that is not their fault. If we, it's fun and all good for us to go through all of this and, and read into it as we will once we've done the rundown. If we're still enjoying ourselves and we're open to whatever story they want to tell us. Absolutely. Because there was a shot in the show that I actually paused the TV and took a picture of and I couldn't figure out how to get it to press a button to show it to everybody. <laughs> but if you go back and watch The Rock's promo on YouTube and pause it at a certain moment, there is a shot in the crowd of the crowd booing him viciously with beaming faces. Every single person in the mm -hmm. foreground and the background all over is smiling, which says to me, oh, we're having some fun. Yeah. And that's what we're after as mm -hmm. fans, right? So let's not, you know, 
get ahead of ourselves and, and uh, spoil our own fun. Mm-hmm. Um, shall I do a little rundown of what went down? Yes, please. Take us through this promo. Because, so, again, there's a lot to say. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously billed as the 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 Rock and Roman show. You know, book ended in that way because we opened with a shot of a pickup truck arriving. Out comes The Rock uh, early mm-hmm. for the first time in his career. Because in the Attitude Era, he always just rocked up halfway through the show, you know? You know rocked so up. Punctuality. Well oh, I didn't even... I did. I meant that. Mm-hmm. Um, punctuality is something that he's worked on over time. Uh, we've obviously seen the bloodline backstage through the show. And then finally out they come, taking their sweet ass time getting to the ring, as is their right. Roman says he wants to be honest. The people of Utah are idiots. Tonight's a big night and he doesn't want them to ruin it when his cousin comes out by playing catchphrase. Because everything that the bloodlines say has meaning and purpose. And they need it to be understood. Because tonight is the greatest night in WWE history. The crowd starts chanting for Cody, which thrills me. Because, uh, again, it, it, that thing of meaning that it's working, yeah. you know. Um, Roman says Cody ruined everything, but they're going to fix it. Because tonight is historic. They can finally say that The Rock is a member of the bloodline. Rock's music hits, and out he comes in a Versace shirt, mama. I was having <laughs> such a good time, but his arms are so big now that he needs to cut off the sleeves. Um, that is the first hint that I had of, oh, we're getting this Rock. Yeah. I thought, because he took a while to, like, Mm. actually come through the curtain, I thought the music was going to stop, and they were going to play some version of, like, the 03 Hollywood rock theme with the helicopter going through in a long open. I love that theme. Yeah. You're so right. They should absolutely bring that back. Because it's, like, because it's slower, it's more, like arrogant in a way it matches the bloodline energy yeah it does honestly i hadn't even considered it like that Mm. but this theme that the rock has the electrifying theme is very high energy and you're almost meant to chant along with the opening and everything i mean that people screamed for it because you do because that's almost like a flesh memory isn't it yeah so it, it's it's interesting, and again, not something that I need to happen by any means. But I was just like, oh, it'd be cool. It would, you know, make me feel alive again. I'd love that. that I'm I'm very much part of that camp. But the Rock does come out. He does his whole Goosey's thing. Um, that's what happens when you don't have sleeves on and there's aircon in a building. Um, he has good news for the people in the arena there in Salt Lake City. They've broken an attendance record for the entire state of Utah. The record they have broken is that it's the largest gathering of trailer park trash The Rock has ever seen. And I popped louder for that than I have for anything he's done in the past 11 years. And I say that as a Rock fan. I was just like, oh, okay, we're here. Yeah. We're here, are we? Okay, great. There's no question anymore. No. Because he, well, indeed, because he says, finally, and the people start booing. And he says, oh, you want to go there? You want to boo The Rock? It's kind of the similar thing that he did back in 03. Yep. Where he was like, are you sure you want to boo The Rock? Because if you do, if you're going to open this door, we can't close it again. Mm -hmm. Which I love. All of that's great. He says, finally, your life has meaning and you have a story you can tell your 50 wives and 600 inbred grandchildren. The crowd starts chanting for Cody. It's working. Rock says this side of him hasn't been seen in a while, but it's been here all along and it's out now because we had the biggest mania main event of all time and we chose to give it away and flush it down the toilet. He says he does his baby voice for all the people tweeting about Cody, you know, the, we want Cody, which I can't really do, but mm-hmm. he does so well. And he says, you're laughing now, but you also boo because you know that it's true. And it was something about the delivery of that line where he like really flipped on a dime. It was almost like he was doing the silly thing. It was like, oh, hang on, no. There was an intensity to it that for me worked as a as a sort of villain thing. Yeah, it, it, it reminds me of the one moment in the press conference thing mm. that I took away. And it's when 
The Rock has already cut Cody off, and he's like, when you're talking about his family, you're talking about my family. Mm. When you're talking about his ancestors, you're talking about my ancestors. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, The Rock is like alive and has something to say this mm. time. And it was just a feeling, like a, a show of emotion that I feel like we've not seen from The Rock and I do not know how long. I don't even know that we have because I go, I've gone back and watched the basically the full Attitude Era to WrestleMania 17 mm. at this point from 1998 to all the, from WrestleMania, uh, Austin winning the championship 14, isn't it? Yeah. 14 all the way through to WrestleMania 17 now. So I've watched heel rock, corporate rock, babyface rock, mm-hmm. all of these promos. And I don't think at any point we've seen that level. We've seen in- intensity. We've seen fire. We've seen I'm strong. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if we've seen that kind of like anger yeah like literally the only time i can kind of recall seeing it is in the lead up to the cena match where cena had made fun of him for the notes on the arm thing and he's just like no no no, you stop laughing i'm gonna rip your throat out because that's real yeah because he was pissed he was he was pissed (laughs) yeah um but it's a fun energy it's like you know when you're like favorite teacher who's like kind of cool and really nice and you feel really comfortable but Mm -hmm. you accidentally piss them off and they start shouting and he's like and then you're like i didn't know you had this in you like you know it's it's that energy and that's what is oh uh I feel like this, it feels like this is the smartest choice of all of the options on the table for them. We'll get into that in a second because Rock asks, what is Cody's story? His story is that Roman beat him and now he wants a rematch? That's not how it works. He compares it to all sports. The 49ers took their loss at the Super Bowl like men and moved on. Michael Jordan crushed the dreams of the Utah Jazz, which I assume is basketball, and it, took it. Yes. They, t- they took it. I know, I know it's basketball. They took it. We've not, we've not had this dynamic yet between no. us and the Americans. I'm trying to learn American sports this year. That's one of my resolutions. I promise. I can help you with that. And, and also maybe a hockey. Ooh. Just one, in fact. <laughs> I've got a horrible goal team. Go A horrible team that you can fall. See, you at least said go Leafs go and not like The Rock saying let's go Leafs when he, he? was there. Yeah. That's he, a shame. He was like the guest host or whatever of a Leafs game and he was like, let's go Leafs. And I was like, that's not That's our not chat. what we say. That's not what we say. I'm Seattle Kraken anyway. Yeah. Anyway, um, and then he says... Uh, you don't get another shot at your story just because you want it. Now, this was kind of like heel not being honest. Yes. Stuff. If this was just a promo by someone else on the show, I would be like, you're a stupid idiot because mm. we all know how this works. Mm. He won the Royal Rumble, yeah. which in- gives you a shot at WrestleMania. Yeah. He did just go out and say, I want another match. He earned the other match. So, yeah, but... He's a heel. Mm-hmm. Heels are supposed to be wrong. Yeah. I'm I'm okay, I'm okay with that. But also, like, the whole story of Cody, truly since the Raw after Mania 39, he came out in the first segment and was like, I'm going to word another shot kind of thing. I can't remember what his exact words were, but it was along those lines. And then he literally has gone, he's gone through Brock Lesnar three times. He's gone through uh, Dominic Mysterio twice. He's he's done the whole Judgment Day thing all year. He's been in a War Games match and he won the Royal Rumble and he earned his shot. He's he's literally gone and earned it. Mm-hmm. He, took his, he took his loss like a man and moved on. And that's kind of what, that's what makes that statement by The Rock so good because it's utter nonsense that the heels believe. Yeah. You know, it gives you something to look forward to in Cody's retort. Yeah, that's exactly it. It makes you me want to watch what Cody's going to say next. Yeah. And I feel like Cody is good when he's doing his sort of like, you know, uh, thoughtful, meditative, uh, 
erudite speeches. But I loved it at the press conference when he got cross. Yeah. And he like, and I think he was about to say something. And then that's when Roman slipped in irrelevant, like your dad. And he, oh, and then he comes, comes back and he's really, that's when I, as a Cody fanboy, as a Cody crybaby, really start, you know, yeah. pulling through. But this is where we get to the interesting section. This is where we get to the part that has been poured over uh, ad nauseam on the internet. Because Rock says... You don't understand because you're spoiled, entitled little crybaby bitches. He addresses Cody directly and says The Rock is going to do everything in his power to make sure that you walk out of WrestleMania as what you are, a loser. Cody, your story is ending. Our story is beginning. The Bloodline, the most powerful duo in all of sports entertainment. He says, sing along where The Rock is over. We lost that privilege if you smell what The Bloodline is cooking. And they all raise the wands as we go off the air and The Rock's thumb is sticking out. So let's play a game. Guns up. Guns up. <laughs> yeah, he's... It's the ultimate crossover event. <laughs> the forbidden door is opening. <laughs> um, let's play a game. Yes. Let's go through it bit by bit, frame by frame. Uh, because it really is from the uh, you don't understand because you're spoiled entitled little crybaby bitches line that really people start looking into it. Because mm -hmm. there was a pause and there was a suggestion that maybe The Rock is saying that part to the bloodline. Mm-hmm. When he says The Rock is going to do everything in his power to make sure that you walk out of WrestleMania as what you are, the camera cut and the framing and the positioning, this is all proxemics that you learn in theater studies, by the way, the mise-en-scene of it all, that's in media. The framing of the performance part of it makes it look like The Rock could be addressing Cody directly, but he just as easily could be saying the you in that question, pronouns, pal, could be... Roman Reigns. Mm -hmm. Rock is going to do everything in his power to make sure that you, Roman Reigns, walk out as the loser that you are. Your story is ending, Cody. Our story is beginning, Roman. Well, Cody's story ends with him being a champion. Mm -hmm. And the idea that their story is only just beginning, that's all of that stuff is in there as well. And then, yes, indeed, the hand in the air, it's a finger, but it's an L for loser. Like in, <laughs> like in Glee. Like in Glee. So yeah, that's all of the sort of little bits and bobs. Let's dive into them. Let's, because yeah, there are so many bits to get into. Like, as we said off the top, you could look at The Rock doing this when it's the We The Ones thing, and it's like, ah, maybe he just didn't know, and he just stuck his thumb out. Or maybe he's, he's just got a really big thumb muscle, and he can't make a fist if like that. If anybody could, it would be him. <laughs> he's worked but... out every muscle in his body. <laughs> but... The more fun way of looking at this is actually looking at what this could mean. Mm. Because you could look at it as literally, like you said, an L for loser. But you could also look at, oh, well, it's the We The Ones. Add another one to that now that The Rock is there. You know, it's mm. now a, a duo, as he said. Oh, yeah, of course. He said the Bloodline's the most dynamic duo in all of pro wrestling, mm. sports, entertainment, and such. And now everybody's still doing one. Because they're not there yet. But he's doing two. Mm. That's my one bit of speculation like on that. that. Because that also ties into in the press conference when Rock was giving it to uh, Triple H backstage. Mm -hmm. Roman almost looked like a lackey. Yeah. Roman looked like a Jimmy for the first time in a long time. <sighs> so like, what? It's just, oh, it's, it makes me salivate at the possibilities. And that really kind of ties into your idea that actually, and if we're honest, like when you look at the idea of the Tribal Chief and, and go and watch our wrestle feature, the the 
history of the bloodline. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic job by the entire team who put it together, by the way. But if you watch that video, there's a lot that you can learn about not just the, the narrative of the bloodline, but also the history of the family, but also what goes into this idea of the tribal chief, this mm-hmm. idea of family, far smart, small, which is like the very... Um, real cultural part of this, you know, Samoan heritage, where being the tribal chief, being the head of the table requires universal assent mm-hmm. on all of that stuff. That's why at the beginning he needed to force Jay to, you know, acknowledge him as the tribal chief. But also within that, uh, Rock is literally high chief. Mm-hmm like has been made that like that is a a real piece of of his life story so that idea that it is it two people ruling together is rock in any way going to defer to roman does rock roman have to defer to rock what happens when you have two strong heads putting together Mm -hmm. there's all of that in there as well yeah and again these are all just what they could end up doing with the different storyline routes they want to take mm. to the eventual Roman and Rock match that we will inevitably get. Mm. And it's so fascinating because we have looked at so much of the last three to four years of this title reign and all of the Uso involvement in the bloodline to now introduce a new dynamic almost four years in, mm. now it's when it starts to get a little bit more interesting. Because again, this was always the the problem that a lot of people had with this Bloodline story dating back for like the last six, seven months in SummerSlam is we didn't have any new dynamics getting yeah. added to it. The, the dynamic of the Bloodline was ever evolving during those three years with a Brock Lesnar-sized gap in the middle there. But it was always oh, now we put in Jimmy and Jimmy is going to be butting heads with Roman and that's going to cause a split between Jay and then they all come together and then they're strong. And then you add Solo, who just immediately is like, I've been sent by the elders. I acknowledge you, tribal chief. No doubt in his mind whatsoever. Then you add in Sami Zayn and there's a whole nother thing there. And then the bloodline starts falling apart and there's dissension. So there's a different dynamic there. And then there's just been a, gap of time since SummerSlam where we've not gotten any of that interesting story and now we have. Mm. And now it's just like, oh, immediately our minds just start churning out different possibilities. And that is where I think the Bloodline is at its best as a story mm. is when you have an actual very multi-dimensional character in Roman Reigns and giving just different things with to, for him to play with as a character. Mm. This is probably the biggest one yet. Mm-hmm. And it'll be very interesting to see where they go with it. I mean, that's exactly it. It's just this idea of like, because because it, it it might sound as though when we've been sat here sort of poo-pooing the, the bloodline over the past six months or so, uh-huh. that it's like, okay, all right, well, now you've flipped on a dime. But I think that, it, I think the way you've put it is that exactly that dynamic. It's been stagnant for a long time. Yeah. And we, I've always said that like, you can heat things up in like, you know, a, a click of your fingers. Like you can, it, there is a way to heat up Chad Gable to dethrone Gunther before WrestleMania. There's a, with, with the right people, the right stories and the right performances, you can do it. So like the road to WrestleMania is sort of the moment where we see that come to fruition. And when you had the idea of like, okay, well the rock versus Roman at 39 in Hollywood, that's maybe the moment where you can do that part of the story by responding to the fact that that didn't happen then we're in the position we are now. And by, you know, 
pivoting in the way that they have to put Rock in this role, they've really kind of extended the life of the Bloodline a little bit longer. Like, you could do a lot more stuff over the next year, even if you wanted to. You could probably stretch it to two when you think about the wrinkles of Solo, Mm -hmm. when you think about all the other things with, with Rock versus... Rock and Roman as a duo, Rock versus Roman you know, Jay's part of it. There's a lot more, like, so that makes me think when, you know, Paul Heyman's going like, hey, bottom of the third or whatever, which I don't really understand how many innings are there in baseball? Nine. That's many. Um, It's like, well, actually, you kind of have bought yourself a little bit of time. Yeah. And as long as the stories stay interesting, exciting, as you say, relevant, as you say, evolving and fresh, you kind of can go for as long as you want. Yeah. It's when things get stagnant that really start you know, pulling you away from it. I think that's a really big part of it. And I think a lot of people, when they heard the bottom of the third comment from Paul Heyman, heard that and went, oh God, I can't (laughs) handle a nine-year title reign. Please God, anything but this. And if that comment is not meant for the title reign, it might in kayfabe purposes be like, oh, we're just getting started, pal. If it is instead talking about the lengths we still have to go with this tribal chief bloodline storyline separate from the title, Mm. I don't think anybody's complaining about that. Yeah, and I mean, of course, when you're a champion and a champion's wise man, you should be the kind of person who says, I'm going to have this belt for a really long time. Like, you shouldn't ever concede that maybe at some point you will lose the belt. That's Mm -hmm. not a thing that should happen. But also, we've said this a few times, the championship doesn't necessarily need to be in this storyline. Not anymore. Like, no. That's for sure. And and I get that there are some people whose argument is, well, it does because that's the entire reason that Roman's a tribal chief. If anything, for me, that's the reason to take the title away from it. Because mm-hmm. if you have that, the Emperor's got no clothes. Yeah. You know. Um, so there's that part of it. There's also the whole business of Rock as double agent mm-hmm. at WrestleMania specifically. When, and I got to thinking about, you know, maybe it's the, at this moment the Rock is definitely in. You know, they are a duo. This is the bloodline. They can't disrespect our family in that way. And then if you were to have, for instance, Roman eat a pin in a tag match between... Roman and Rock and Seth and Cody. Let's say Seth or Cody pins Roman. Like, first of all, I think Cody pinning Roman on night one is almost like a well, is he going to be able to do a two peat? Mm-hmm. I, I suppose a two peat would be just simply a repeat. Um, <laughs> is he going to be able to get it done two nights in a row? Yeah. It almost adds an extra dimension of nerves for us as fans watching it. Is that the way that Rock goes? Hang on, I think you ain't all you're cracked up to be. You've embarrassed us and on the grandest stage of them all. You embarrassed the Rock, and that can't happen. Or it, does that double down on the rock interfering on behalf of Roman? Like, there's there's a few different levels to that as well. Mm-hmm. Did you get anything from that? Yeah, I definitely did. Like, again, every single part of what the rock is saying in regards to the bloodline can all change on a dime. Yeah. And may already be alluding to that mm. with his kind of like double speak mm. that. All of these things that he said could be applied to Roman Reigns. So maybe he's already feeling these this this way now before anything happens. But as we've said, the bloodline and this whole tribal chief dynamic is so entirely dependent on who's on top, mm. who has the power, etc. And if you all of a sudden take a pin, we saw last year... Roman gets pinned by Jay Uso at Money in the Bank, and then all of a sudden, Jay is challenging for the title of Tribal Chief at mm-hmm. SummerSlam. Yeah. Not going to talk about the actual match, but 
It's like one pin mm. can just send tremors through this whole storyline, this yeah. whole family. So if you go into WrestleMania, and even if like if Roman loses the tag match, gets pinned in the tag match, that's one pin. If he does that and then loses the title the next day, how do you come back from that the same in character? Your house is crumbled. Exactly. And you'll have The Rock be able to go out there with unbelievable amounts of new material to work with. And who's to say it, it changes like the next night on Raw or mm. at the next show or at SummerSlam or whatever. They could then stretch that out. Yeah. Because again, just the same way that we had like the Sami Zayn success, you have the intrigue of like, well, is it going to happen this week? Right. That's what I really enjoy in these different kind of, you know, storylines with the big top players. And as long as they're around enough <laughs> to be able to tell it, it's so intriguing to me mm. to think about what the Bloodline story looks like without the title. We've been theorizing this for so long. And if The Rock has already got certain little seeds planted mm. for that, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. It's all speculation at this point. But it leads me to believe that there is a good plan in place for this story. Mm. And the fact that they've been so successful in pivoting, mm -hmm. like to me, and, I, and that's not me trying to harp on the idea that this wasn't the original plan. This is me giving them praise mm -hmm. because I've always talked about being able to book on the fly. That's one of the things about this writing for this industry is so difficult you know like AEW. it's no surprise that AEW's massive success came when they had a sort of four-year plan yeah and the year where everything sort of started you know going a bit wild they struggled a bit mm -hmm. you know it's because you it, you have to it's also nascent AEW. like he's tony khan is learning you yeah. know like it's it's one of those things where like cut him a little bit of slack here and there because you have to be able to pivot. And not every pivot works. Not every pivot is successful. This is one that I think, the fact that it's got us talking in this way, the fact that it's got so much traction online, the fact that it's you know leading me to go, actually, you've taken what could have been a difficult situation, you've turned it into possibly your best story mm -hmm. in months is absolutely to their credit. There's also the element of like, I've heard people say like, oh, you don't want Roman to lose a, a match before. I agree with you completely because of Money in the Bank, seeing Roman lose gave you just enough of a belief that Jay could win. He sure. can get it done. And it's almost that idea of like, it's not taking away the power of Roman Reigns because we've seen that Roman has no power. We will, that's the whole story of the Emperor's new clothes. Group. Emperor's clothes. The old clothes of the Emperor, the Emperor's new group. Whatever it would, I can't remember what the actual one is. Roman's getting turned clothes. into a llama. That's exactly what's happening. Yeah. But like the Emperor doesn't have any clothes and we all know about it and we're pointing it out. But like, so we can all see that, but they don't know that. So mm -hmm. Roman thinks he's dominant, but we all know that he's not. So if we see him lose, that actually, it, it doesn't take away any of the mystique for us. It just takes away the mystique in character. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of, yeah, there's just so much going on there. Um, I think it's, I'm just, and yet all of it could just be very much surface. All of it could be very much that, that's, there's no subtext, there's just text. Like this is, this is what's going down. The Rock isn't a double agent, you know. Mm -hmm. All of that is still there as well. Yeah, and it's kind of exciting. That that's the thing. As whenever we've had people say like, "I oh, just enjoy wrestling," that's what this is. Yeah, Do you know, you can sit here and you can theorize about this, that, and the other thing, and that's all very exciting. But if the the worst option of the bunch is just the Rock is here and he's motivated and he's a heel and we're gonna get some big Rock matches. That's a pretty good option to have, mm, you know, even if all of this other stuff is just in our own heads, 
that's a very appealing option. Yeah. Especially after like the last few years of just the same old story. Mm, I completely agree. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We obviously don't have an episode of Collision to review, so we've been a bit longer over SmackDown today. Mm-hmm. Um, but let us know what you think about the Rock segment, what your theories might be, your responses to what's been said. Did you like it? Did you hate it? Pop it in the comments below. And in the meantime, we'll get on to doing the rest of SmackDown. How about that? Yes, indeed. Uh, as I said, it's a packed house in Utah. There was 11,000 people there. They drew 9,000 to a house show last night. Mm-hmm. Um Business is looking good. It sure is. Also, one very last uh, point on the oh, yeah. main event segment. I so much appreciated that The Rock hits his final line, they all do this, and the show just ends. Mm. There's no, oh my God, WWE ever be the same again, The Rock and Rubber Rage on the same page, we'll see you next week. <laughs> you didn't need any of that, yeah. and they didn't do it. That's a big thumbs up Restraint. for Restraint. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. Um... So we kick off the show with Kevin Owens versus Dominic Mysterio in an Elimination Chamber qualifying match. Domino tries to cut a Judgment Day are going to dominate uh, in Australia promo, but gets booed every time he starts talking. They've got a bit of back and forth. It's basic stuff. There are some arm drags and shoulder blocks that are pretty tidy. And because I'm a basic person, when I see simple stuff done well, I get excited. Um, so I don't want like I'm not like trying to overpraise them for being good at 
arm drags, but I liked them. Um, it's okay. They messed up an X Factor later. Oh, so yeah. That, no, don't. Out. Yeah. There's, there's some bad wrestling to talk about as well. If you're here for the bad wrestling, we got you covered. Um, our truth pops up, which distracts Owens and lets Mysterio hit a dive on the outside to gain advantage. I think the suggestion is that our truth thinks that Kevin Owens is the Miz. That's what the commentary were pushing. Yeah. And I simply don't find that funny. I Yeah. I don't get it. Honestly, I get that a lot of people are of the opinion that R-Truth is a very funny man, and he certainly has had his fair share of very funny promo segments Mm. and bits over the last few years and everything. Over the last few weeks, even. Yeah, like, the Judgment Day stuff, I think, has been pretty entertaining, Mm. you know, on the whole, but I'm not getting this. No, I mean, also, the, like, does he think Kevin Owens is The Miz? Like, is that established? Like... The Miz I mean, is on this show. They, Yeah, that was the bit where last week they did a, a real brief backstage deal where he seemed to think that Kevin Owens was The Miz and then he just went, oh, well, whatever, and walked off. And they just went, okay. And we even said, like, I don't get what the joke was. No. He's just a fool. But when The Miz is then on this show losing a match yeah. because of outside interference distraction stuff and R-Truth is nowhere to be found... I just don't care about this angle. Mm, it's very odd. It's very strange. Yeah. Uh, Owens gets himself fired up, hits a few hard lariats and a senton on the outside before bringing it back into the ring for a hard cannonball and a frog splash for a near fall. There is an ugly, buggly X Factor from Dominic. Uh, and then the three amigos are reversed, only for Owens's three amigos to be reversed, which is a cumulative total of four amigos for everyone keeping ho- score at home. Um, Dominic misses with a splash. Owens hits a swanton for another near fall. And Dominic, at this point, turns to our truth and is like, okay, get me a chair please. Truth is like, but we're not on the same team. I'm not in the Judgment Day. So Dominic's like, oh no, yeah, you're, you're in the Judgment Day. Get me a chair. So Truth goes and gets a chair, but he uses it to sit down and the distraction allows for Owens to hit a super kick, a pop-up powerbomb, and a one, two, three, and Kevin Owens is in the chamber. I like that Kevin Owens won this match with the pop-up powerbomb. I love that move. I really enjoyed that as his finish as it was for a very long time. I remember an episode where you weren't, you weren't on the pod, but Saturn Pete had a massive discussion about finishes. Mm-hmm. What for you is a good finisher? Oh gosh, that's not, a not like question. a specific move, but what like, like what element? Because for me, pop up album is like a perfect finisher mm-hmm. because it's something that can come out of nowhere. Like you, I, I, the RKO out of nowhere is a meme for a thing, but also it's a good move. The idea, yeah. a stunner, a rock bottom. These moves can be hit. You don't have to do a lot of setting up. I think there's some finishing moves that have an element of like create a finisher. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That, yeah. Whereas like, it's like pop- all the finishers have been done, so therefore I must create one yeah. that doesn't exist, but the reason it doesn't exist before this is because it's stupid. We have an example of that later in the show um, with Naomi's submission, which just took a while to get into, and I was confused as to why she wasn't just going for a pin. But in a pop-up powerbomb, you have that moment of like, it could just be that they're ricocheting or they've, you know, jumped over or they've landed. The pop, the bang, it looks like it knocks the wind out of you. Mm-hmm. Fold you up for a pin. I love the pop-up powerbomb. I really enjoy the pop-up powerbomb. Saying that a lot. Pop-up pirate powerbomb. But to me, a really good finisher should be something that ideally you can sort of hit or do to more or less anybody, hopefully out of nowhere. You know, some setup, that's fine. But it needs to look devastating to me. You know, like certain submissions, that's another thing. But... If you are looking at just a good finishing move, I want to look at that and be like, they're not getting up from that. Mm. You know, some of them do, some of them don't. 
I, good ones to me do. I have it a little bit with like the switch in music. You know, the meme has been that, you know, the super kick is now barely even an earful. Yeah. Switching music always felt different because, yeah. like, his his entire body is inverted. It's like he's kicked your head off yeah. versus just kicked you in the face a little bit. Um, anyway, we go backstage to Drew McIntyre, uh, who's being interviewed and says, all the wrestlers want to win the chamber, but he's the only one that needs to. LA Knight interrupts and said, your moment will be stolen once more. Uh, Drew sees through LA Knight, says he's insecure, and he knows that once the bell rings, he doesn't produce results. But Knight says, you haven't been champion the entire time I've been around, so you're all full of it as well. Gets heated, so the officials interrupt it. Uh, then we see Roman arriving. He's in a good mood. We have an interview backstage. This uh, is one of the uh, more intriguing parts of the show for me because it is all brummy all the time. <laughs> Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate uh, having a little chat. Pete Dunne saying, you know, we're going to win at the chamber. And, and Tyler Bate comes in and he says, I'm going to call ourselves the new Catch Republic. I can see it in your eyes. You love that name. And if I may, um, this name ha- has made precisely zero impact on Pete Dunne. He just seems <laughs> to be, he's, his face doesn't change whatsoever. Um, what do you think of new Catch Republic? The NCR. It, it kind of feels the same sort of way that like the Blackpool Combat Club did when I first heard it, mm. where I was like, all right, it's a name. Not mm. everything's going to be The Shield. Yeah. Something like, really cool. The first time you hear it, you're like, I love it. But it's like, all right, that's, if that's their tag team name, it's not one that's like, we are the new Catch Republic. And yeah. the, the first time you hear it, everyone's going to go, yay. Yeah, but it's like okay, that's that's their name. Sounds like a clothing brand. Yeah, uh, yeah. They need to to give tips to Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits how to come up with a name real quick. Yeah, because they've just been spinning their heels for yep. a while, haven't they? Um, we have another elimination qualifier, elimination chamber qualifying match between Zelina Vega and Tiffany Stratton. They scrap a bit and head to the outside where Zelina hits a creative arm drag and a moonsault before b- noticing that Legada del Fantasma have arrived at ringside, which leads to LWO heading out as a sort of neutralizing force. Uh, Stratton gets a hard Alabama slam in for the two and goes for a moonsault before Zelina breaks it up with a 619 onto her shins. I really liked that spot. I did too. I, I thought, thought was that was really cool and creative. Yeah, anything that you haven't seen in a bit just sort mm-hmm. of pops up and does something good. Uh, they brawl to the outside for a minute, which leads Electra Lopez to start talking some trash, which makes Zelina change her focus elsewhere. And that, in turn, allows Tiffany Stratton to gain the advantage and hit the prettiest moonsault ever directly knees to belly for the win. I will, even though the landing was a little bit like, oh, yeah. God. I think she's got the best moonsault in the oh, game. Oh, it's beautiful. Like, oh my lord. There was the one that she did on a, on a big NXT show like a few months back mm. where I just saw it and I went, I think that's the best moonsault I've ever seen. I agree. It's got a, it's the, it's to do with the arc. You know, Kurt Angle used to have that. Yeah. It's almost like you sail in the air. That's why the shooting star press always looks so beautiful because you look like you're floating through water almost. Mm-hmm. Unless Billy Kidman does it. Well, quite. But I mean, this is the other thing. With a move like a moonsault, I think the landing is as much on the taker as it is on the giver. Yeah. You know, because it's like you have to adjust yourselves to the moment. Not necessarily that you have to sort of hustle across, but yeah. like, you know, it's it, 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 it was uh, Bowling Shoe Ugly in the landing, but it was in the execution of the, the flip. Absolutely stunning. And Tiffany Stratton will be in the chamber. Um, thumbs up. Yeah, like, I agree. It's really interesting seeing how WWE pushes new people sometimes. And there would be a lot of different people that if came, if they came up from NXT with less of a pedigree, them being put in the elimination chamber, I'd just be like, okay, whatever. You know, what, what does it matter? Mm. And I think it just goes to show that this lineup for the elimination chamber matches 
are quite stacked. Yeah. The women's one in particular, like, there are no misses in there. Mm. Well, there's a few misses, but... <laughs> uh, but there are no duds mm. in that chamber. And putting Tiffany Stratton among that lineup, I'm like, she fits, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And it gives somebody a different kind of arc for a chamber match like that. Because we know Tiffany Stratton's not going to win the match. Yeah. But... It gives her something to do, and there's a different dynamic to the match with this rookie coming in mm. compared to the other established main event players. It's just very fun. I like that. And I think that's kind of part of the the ripples of the success that was Becky Lynch popping up in NXT, you know, mm -hmm. which was a great opportunity for her to do things like getting a Tegan Knox on screen, who, you know, for all the, the ups and downs that Tegan Knox has, has had on screen as a member of the Raw roster specifically, she's still there. Like, she's mm -hmm. still working with Natty in the tag division. She's still around, whereas previously she just hadn't been around full stop. Whether I think it's her going down to, you know, setting up Lyra Valkyria, you know, in the match. And I think the, the biggest impact that that run had was that feud with Tiffany Stratton, which mm -hmm. if you weren't someone who watches NXT a lot, definitely brought your attention. You'd probably have gone, well, I'll, I'll maybe check out that Extreme Rules match. I'll maybe, you know, give give this Tiffany Stratton person a go. And yeah, it, it's jump, it's it's striking while the iron's hot in bringing her up to the main roster and chucking her in the chamber. Yeah. I, I see very big things. Mm. Very big things for this Tiffany Stratton. Because she's got a great look and she's got a great uh, character. She's got a good charisma. She's a good yeah. performance. It, she is one of the better ex success stories of this performance center so far. Yeah. And I will reserve the right to really, you know, punch that point home mm. when she's been around for a little bit longer. But just seeing what she was when she first showed up in 2.0 to where she was when she got called up, that's a massive improvement, both as a character, as a yeah. wrestler, all around. To the point where now she's in the mix with a bunch of main event people on, you know, an elimination chamber match. And I'm like, and she can square cool. up to a Bianca Belair who is in that similar position as mm -hmm. complete rookie yep. performance center success story. And that's kind of because Bianca's, you know, genetically superior in so yeah. many different ways. Um, gimmick and friendship in that Charlotte's life. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, uh, we go back to the OC backstage because AJ is sulking. He's brooding. He's brooding in the corner. Uh, and so the rest of the OC nip in to say they're a little bit worried about him, but Carl Anderson's not worried about him because he says he's clearly forgotten where he came from. And that incenses Styles. Uh, is there some massive insult in forgetting where you came from? You do not besmirch the name of the Bullet Club. <laughs> <laughs> because Styles uh, and Anderson get in each other's faces and provoke each other a bit before Styles strops off. And... Um, Gallows is giving it the whole. He's not. He's not worth it, mate. Like, leave it. He's not worth it. It's over. It's over. It's over. Um, I guess we'll we'll give the Bullet Club something to do. Yeah, the OC can have some storyline. I don't know what's going on mm. here because I thought for sure we would get, you know, LA Knight, AJ Styles involvement on the road to WrestleMania. Mm. Maybe a match at Elimination Chamber that then. Sp spills out of control and mm. leads to both of them being in a multi-man ladder match for the U.S. title, L.A. Knight wins or something like that. But granted, it's only been one week, but L.A. Knight now seemingly has pivoted away from that yeah. and is going back towards, you know, the world title, his elimination chamber thing. He gets a match announced for next week with Drew McIntyre based off of the backstage promo they did here. And AJ's now going back over this way to the blood, the Bullet Club stuff that had kind of started being set up when the whole deal was going on in September where AJ mm. gets taken out by the bloodline and all that. And I'm 
a little confused. Yeah. Because I don't know what the WrestleMania picture is there for, for AJ at all this. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't know? be surprised if we did end up with the multi-man. There's a moment later on which a, a certain debut happens, and I'm like, okay, well, that, for me, feels like someone who could slot quite happily into a showcase multi-man US sure. title match, if that's the road they want to go down. But you could also slip into a singles if they want to, because mm-hmm. it's unlike current creative in WWE to leave a thread. You know, for, for all their faults, whether a, sh- a, a storyline has been working, they have finished it. Like, I don't know if that Cody and Nakamura story was working, but they finished it. They didn't sure just drop did. it and move on. And not only did they finish it, they had another go. Yeah. So it's not like them to not do that. Um, but yeah, I have no idea where it's going to go. Yeah, it's curious. Uh, we get a promo from Damage Control, a little recorded video from Damage Control, and I'm sorry to use a naughty word, but they look cool as f- Indeed. I, I Dripping would, with style. I would double down on this, but oh I don't want to give poor Vinny more work uh, to do. Just the one swear this week. We're a PG-13, we're allowed to make one. Um, but they, yeah, they looked, the, the way they were lit, the styling, Asuka's, like, Bret Hart, song, it was actually Jim the Anvil sunglasses, yeah. you know, the big... Circular ones. Kyrie looked cool. They had that real sort of like dripping with energy. Like I yeah. loved it. EO says that Bailey might have brought her to the main roster, but she's a different beast now. While Bailey may have started damage control, they're the reason that it's had success. And she's going to embarrass Bailey at WrestleMania. The whole promo is cut in Japanese, by the way. Asuka says if Dakota has aligned herself with Bailey, she's just as stupid, and no one is ready for damage control. No notes. Nope. Me neither. You know, what What more could you ask for yeah. from a backstage deal like this? It is so refreshing to just let, for WWE to just let the Japanese wrestlers just speak in Japanese yeah. and look cool as all hell. Because you look at these three and each one of them individually has the aura of a hundred normal people mm. combined. And then you stack all three of them together in one segment and they're all now together. This is damage control yeah. now. It is the Sky Pirates meets the Kabuki Warriors. It's really cool. Oh, of course it is. I forgot about the Sky Pirates. I know yeah. that's like sacrilege in many ways. It's, but like That was such a cool name. The it was. Sky Pirates. Yeah. Hell yeah. I, I, I'll be honest. I have thought Kyrie's return has been a little underwhelming sometimes. That has been the the case with much of her main event run or the the main roster run rather. Yeah. Good. I'm not just alone on that. It's just that in this moment, as you say, it really felt like everything was in place. Yes. The titles on all of their, you know, shoulders and waists and the the styling of it all, the like Kyrie cut a little part of the promo as well. It all just made sense. Mm-hmm. It this is it. And I'm glad that the Again, this storyline with Damage Control and Bailey is a, a, a real pro to SmackDown. Yeah. And I'm quite glad that they're allowing it to, to flow in the way that it is. Big fan, big fan. Um, meanwhile, we have uh, NXT roster members Javier Bernal and Bo Morris taking on AOP in what is the squashiest of squashes. Uh, basically, uh, they just batter them for a bit, and then there's a super collider powerbomb and another double team, and AOP get the win. Anything to say? Not really. Yeah. I think their presentation is fairly effective mm-hmm. in just that I like the the black and white stuff as they come out. I like Paul Ellering just in general. You know, I think this is an imposing group, mm. but I don't know if I'll ever be excited to see them have a match. 
is yeah. kind of the problem with it for me. So it's like, I get what they're going for, and I think they're doing that well enough, but it's going to be a hard sell for me just because I'm not really a fan of the work of any of the people involved. Mm. Got a, they've got a way to go, I yeah. think. You know, again, I'm with you. The presentation, I think, is is great. And I actually, like, I enjoy AOP's presence. Like, you mm -hmm. know, but presence in that sense of, you know, who they are on the roster. But, like, yeah, there's something also I'm feeling about this, like, so many factions. Mm -hmm. I don't know why these guys are running together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, a little bit, like, you know? Like if it, it probably would help if we ever knew what Karrion Cross's goal was. Yeah. You know, at one point in time he wanted to face Roman Reigns, but mm. then he threw a bad fireball in Drew's face and had a bad match. And we've never heard about it again. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if things were a little bit better, they just seem like they have a very low ceiling. I agree with you. That's that's it. it yeah. It's like where I don't know I don't know why you're together, I don't know where you're going. I don't hate it, but I don't feel strongly about it. Yeah. Uh, cut backstage, Logan Paul's chatting to Byron, says that he and the entire WWE Universe are welcome because they're about to get Logan Paul on television. He's going to win tonight, then win at the Elimination Chamber, then have his rematch with Seth Rollins at Mania and become Logan Paul double champ. Good little uh, interview segment. Mm -hmm. Recap of um, Monday Night Raw takes place uh, with Cody and Seth's sort of promo segment. And then we get The Miz versus Logan Paul. Logan has a 90 on WWE 2K24. They hammer that point home, and some people on the internet are very upset about that, which is objectively hilarious. Um, it's even Stevens in the early going. It's a bit scrappy. Uh, Logan hits a lariat and a splash on the apron. Miz hits a flatliner for Niffle. I'll be honest with you. I'm doing the rundown. I'm looking at this. It's just a match. It's just a match. Everybody really loved their match at SummerSlam a few I thought years it was ago, good. and fair play to it. Good match. A lot of people did not think the match is going to be nearly as good. It's on the short list of the best Miz matches he's <laughs> ever had. And everybody kind of took note of Logan Paul in mm. that match. Absolutely fair play to that. This was just a TV match. Yeah. And I don't want to say, I don't want to speak out of turn and talk about stuff that I don't have any inside knowledge about. But you look at that SummerSlam match and it's Logan Paul's second match ever. Mm. They probably put it together step by step. Oh, yeah. You know, as you tend to do with celebrities or rookies or whatever when they're forced to perform on a big WWE stage. That was probably planned out step by step, move for move. I don't think they probably did the same thing with this one. Mm. That's not to say that it was like bad or poorly done or anything like that, but it was not going to be the match that everyone remembered from a couple years ago. Mm. It was just a TV match. Mm. I guess that's what it was, and that's fine. But you asked me what I thought about SmackDown as a whole just as we were sitting down to do this, and I was really into SmackDown last week because there was the stakes, mm -hmm. and it was really seemingly important. There was an energy to SmackDown, and a lot of the things that I liked about it were still present this week. All the matches had stakes. There was still a certain energy about it that's kind of WrestleMania-based, but the matches were just worse this week. Yeah. I agree with you on that front. And you're not going to have Randy Orton and Sami Zayn on you know, shows every week. You're not going to have Drew McIntyre and AJ Styles every week. But the, the qualifying matches on this week's show were just simply not as good as last week. Mm. So it's like, I still appreciate what they were doing this week, and I still enjoyed the show. I was not under the impression that this was a bad SmackDown by any means. Certainly better than loads of them have been in the past. But I was like, nah. Mm. Miz and Logan Paul... 
Dominic Mysterio, Kevin Owens, they're just a couple of matches. Yeah. You know, our truth is kind of involved in the opener and that guy Jeff was in the involved in this one. So mm. it was just okay, you know? Yeah. I agree with you completely. I think the idea of, do you remember, I think it was John Morrison sort of said this, is like anyone can have a phenomenal match when you've rehearsed it that much. Yeah. You know, and, and like that's not, I'd, I'd rather they did that and we got a good match out of it than them, you know, just throw Logan Paul to the Lions and then we have an absolute cluster, naughty word. Um, but this was interesting for me as well because if, if there was a point where Ronda Rousey became a member of the roster. Mm-hmm. And especially in that second run where it was just like, oh, she's just, on TV and you've gone from being like oh my god that's Ronda Rousey Ronda's got a match at that pay-per-view oh my god yeah or even like oh my god I'm getting Ronda Rousey on weekly TV because she's the women's champ to second run Ronda Rousey there she is in a program with Liv Morgan and and you know based on Instagram captions there's a suggestion that they were stifled and I absolutely believe that Mm -hmm. Um, this was my version of that with Logan Paul where I was like oh you're just sort of on the show not that you don't feel special but this match isn't yeah. anything other than a TV match, exactly as you say. And it did finish indeed with um, his mate on the outside slipping in some brass nooks, but uh, Miz stops him before using it. But Paul hit what looked like the world's laziest rock bottom and gets the win. And he's going to be yeah, the Yeah, it was weird. He used the one lucky punch. And if like, if your regular punch is your finisher, yeah, <laughs> having a brass knuckle assisted punch seems a bit dissonant. But then they tried to say that he hit like an inverted skull crushing finale. Yeah. And I'm not sure if he just messed that move up and mm. the Miz was literally the faced wrong the around. wrong way around because it did look like he just hit a weird STO. Yeah. Like sweeped his legs while giving him a hug and pinned him. And all right. They also call the skull crushing finale when Logan Paul does it, the, the Paul, Paul crushing, crushing yeah. finale, which makes no sense. <laughs> He's not crushing himself. We could, I mean, if we get into the semantics of naming wrestling moves, we'll be here for a while. because know, some skull crushing finale is a great starting point. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm looking forward to seeing him in the chamber. Like, I, yeah. this was the right choice to win, I think. But also, interestingly, at this point, I'm going to save it for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we go backstage to Jade and Bron Breaker. Jade Cargill and Bron Breaker and Nick Aldis' office. We had a, had seen them in uh, the skybox watching the Paul and Miz match. They're mulling over some contracts. Bron seems keen, but Jade's on the fence a little bit. In comes Tiffany Stratton, who heads straight for Bianca and Liv and says she's a bit confused how the rules work in the chamber. Who does she pin first? <laughs> I liked it. Um... They then start smash talking and Jay steps in and says, excuse me, not during my business meeting. Thank you. So Aldis steps in and makes them go away. Now, just Tiffany. Why was Bianca and Liv just hanging out? Why was Liv there? She's on Raw. I am very confused by this portion yeah. of the segment. It felt like something that was going to happen in the locker room. Yeah. And also Jade was signing her contract at mm-hmm. the same time. But those two things can't happen in the same place. Yeah. It does make the question like why. Yeah, I think Bianca and Liv's presence in there is one of those confusing ones. I liked, I'll tell you what I liked about it. I liked Tiffany mm-hmm. very much. And I liked the continuing, I think Nick Aldis as GM is really, really good. I agree. I think also the way that they have written him as GM is really, really good. In contrast to Adam Pierce over on Raw, who I feel like is the worst administrator I've ever seen in my life. He's uh-huh. just got no control. Aldis, Jade Cargill, this massive prospect that he's trying to sign to an exclusive contract, gets crossed because some people are causing a scene in the middle of her meeting. And he said he's probably said like, oh no, they're cool, don't worry about them kind of thing. And then they start showing him up. So he has to go over and, you know, try and exert yeah. his authority. I liked that as a wrinkle. 
if you start pulling too hard at the thread of why the hell were they in the office to begin with, <laughs> it all does fall apart. But um, yeah. but yeah, you know, I liked it. I liked the fact that there was an office at the very least, and they weren't just standing in front of a blue light and a picture of the SmackDown logo. Mm-hmm. Um, Grace and Waller, uh, we're getting Cody and Seth on the Grace and Waller effect next week, and we cut backstage to see him talking to Paul Heyman. Goodness me. And then um, out comes Naomi with uh, new music, which is inferior, and I am furious about it. Just just pay whatever you need to to get that objectively good music back. Mm-hmm. Like, specifically for Naomi, but also Asuka's theme used to be a banger. I'm just cross. Shayna, Pete Dunne, the yeah. list goes on and on. Uh, too many. Um, this is, again, kind of what we were talking about last week, because it's Naomi versus Alba Fire, and this match is inevitable, right? Mm-hmm. We know how it's going to end. But unlike with Mee Chin, Alba Fire hasn't been on TV for longer than, like, a cup of coffee. Yeah. And certainly hasn't been competitive. What she done lost her championships and then lost her rematches and lost her challenge shots and things like that. Mm-hmm. So why are we supposed to believe that? I know that Alba Fire is a good wrestler. You yeah. know that Alba Fire is a good wrestler. Longest you know that reigning Alba Fire. NXT UK Women's Champion. Look, I mean, like I've seen her on the Indies in the UK. She's great. Why would the average audience who doesn't watch as much wrestling as we all do? care or know or believe that she might win yep. that's the issue that we're always talking about here Isla Dawn interferes but to no avail Naomi gets a few hard strikes in uh, there's a high cross body situation uh, Fire does manage to get a couple of moves in on her own but ultimately um, Naomi escapes from the gory special gives uh, Isla Dawn a receipt for all of her various bits of interferences hits a sort of head scissors a spike situation and then locks in a submission for the win and that's the submission that I was talking about earlier on where mm-hmm. it sort of took her a bit long to get into it yeah, that's the thing. And this came up on Twitter over the last week or so, where somebody was like, oh my God, look at Naomi's new move. And it's like, this has been her finisher for years and years and years. Yeah. Because it was, she used it in Impact. She won the women's title at WrestleMania with it. The submission. She call it, yeah. yeah. She calls it Feel the Glow, mm-hmm. et cetera. It is known. But <laughs> I don't know if her way of getting into this submission has changed lately, mm. because I've seen it happen a few times where it feels like, there's five steps and they happen in slow motion mm. in terms of just ending up in the hold. The hold, I think, looks really yeah, cool. I agreed. You know, I like the behind arms behind the back, shoulders pressed together. Whatever you can look at it and imagine it hurting. Well. Yeah. Yeah. But it does look like it takes a five step instruction plan in order to get into it a lot mm. of the time. So maybe we can tidy that up. Maybe they won't. Either way. Naomi's going in the Elimination Chamber. That's cool. Yeah. She deserves better music. She absolutely... Well, she deserves her old music back. Yeah. Because when she came back at the Rumble, I've watched that return a bunch of times. I even showed it to my partner. And, like, it's so cool to have that drop mm-hmm. and then the glow comes on and then she's giving it some of that. And it's like, that's sick. I want to think these people are cool. Yeah. Go, don't give them generic trap.wav. Yeah. Cross. Anyway... Uh, cut backstage, we've got Dakota and Bailey. Uh, Dakota is nervous about what damage control might do to her, so she's asking Bailey for her help, and, and she's she says she's the only one that Dakota trusts. Bailey appreciates Dakota's help last week, but says she still doesn't know who she can trust because this has been going on for so many months, and she can't do this right now, so she walks away, leaving Dakota look a little bit concerned. Mm-hmm. Interesting wrinkles. I'm going to be very curious to see how this plays out in the next few weeks mm. because this could lead to... 
damage control beating up Dakota backstage and then Dakota being upset with Bailey later not, for yeah, not having her back. Not listening to her. This could just be the reason that Dakota goes and realigns with damage control because, hey, I had your back, you didn't have mine. You can forego a beatdown or anything like that. Uh, it's an interesting wrinkle, indeed. Again, with the Bloodline stuff earlier on, it's like last week with the chair with Dakota. It's like she looked like she might go for Bailey. Did she mean to go for EO? There's enough question marks in this to keep you wondering what's going to happen next week. Exactly. Great storytelling. Um, and this is where Nick Aldis pops out to make a grand signing and a big, big debut. And you were popping in the office earlier on watching yeah. it because Aldis has announced the official signing to SmackDown of Braun Breaker. Yeah. Oh, the main roster is not ready to be broken in half with this man's spear. <laughs> I'm very excited. This has been brewing for a very mm -hmm. long time. This man is something else. Yeah. I've not seen too many people give me the good vibes that Goldberg had in 1998. Yeah. Just great, like. Great comparison. He's a beast he's a monster he's the kind of guy that could take a chair shot to the head stand there go and everyone will just start throwing their pizza at the wall <laughs> you know just like losing their minds in the crowd and then hit the greatest spear you've ever seen yeah i really am happy this man is on smackdown <laughs> I mean, it, it might shock you, but I do have some testosterone as well. Mm -hmm. um, so stuff like that, like, it, like just you said the idea of him getting a chair shot to the head and him not moving. I'm like, yeah, I want some of that. Like yeah. anything that can just make you, there's, a, there's a, just make you just go like, Ugh! you know, those like guys in the football in America who just paint the letter on their yeah. naked torso and like smash beer on their head. I'm like, Bill's I mafia diving through the table yeah. just to be like, yeah! that's how I feel about Bron Breaker when I watch him. And it also, he's incredibly charismatic. He's yeah. really good on the mic as well. So he's got an awful lot to him. That is a world champion material. That is someone who elevates your roster. Um, the exclusive SmackDown contract matters not at all because um, the Elimination Chamber for the Raw title currently features five SmackDown talents and indeed there's probably a draft coming in a few weeks. So all of this signing <laughs> to an exclusive contract business feels a bit nonsense. It but I'm just make, glad he's there. It would make so much more sense if this was like I sign Braun Breaker to a contract on SmackDown for a year. Right, yeah. And, and that therefore means, can't be drafted away yeah, in a few months. Yeah, like uh, this has been something with the the... Brand split LOL is is the common refrain. And even the draft, it's like, what what are the rules for the draft? What's yeah. going on? We obviously don't have drafts over here in the UK. You're far more knowledgeable than that, than me with that. Um, so there's a few like, what, what are the rules of this exactly? Who's making these choices and why? The fact that we have two GMs already makes that better for me. I really mm -hmm. appreciate that. But we know who is making the picks. We know why they're making the picks. We know that they might have discussions with each other. There's that whole United management that we had last week with, with Triple H. Um, I just wish they'd be a little bit more specific with these. Like, as yeah. you say, I've signed him to a... He can't be drafted. Give us the rules. And not just the, like, Raw's going to pick first and then SmackDown. I want to know... I'm a nerd. Give me the logistics, you yeah. know? Let me play my GM, but in real life. Yeah. Um, We had a little rundown of next week, which is that we've got Tyler Dunn and... Tyler Dunn? Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate versus JD uh, McDonough and Dominic Mysterio in a tune-up match against a head of the Elimination Chamber. Street Profits versus AOP. Bron Breaker is going to make his debut, and the main event will be LA Knight versus Drew McIntyre. I like the Elimination Chamber build mm. they've got going with yeah. the actual chamber match. Yeah, it it's tidy. It's just like I like their little backstage deal earlier in the show. It felt kind of big time. Mm. These were two guys that are good at talking, that wanted to fight, that don't like each other, and then next week they're going to fight. Mm. 
Thumbs up for me. Obviously, that show has been pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. So um, I believe spoilers are out there on the internet already. I haven't Probably. read them. Uh, so I can't imagine anything massive will go down. Uh and certainly when we review it next week, it'll probably take second to collision, <laughs> given that there's been a main event, that an actual PLE has taken place. Um, but yeah, that was that was your episode of SmackDown. I thought it was good. I also thought it was good. Thumbs up. The Rock is on SmackDown. Yeah. And that's mad. His show. His show. The Rock show. SmackDown. It was a joy yeah. to watch it and dissect it in this podcast with you. Thanks, mate. I, have a, I had fun. And... I like qualifying matches, even if the matches themselves are a little bit subpar. Yeah, yeah give it give it a little structure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same as you. Uh, let us know what you thought in the comments. Indeed. Let us know what you thought of SmackDown and if you think The Rock is going to turn on Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I'm very interested to see y'all's theories. So let us know in the comments down below. And make sure, of course, that you've liked this video and subscribed to the WrestleTalk podcast channel if you haven't already. Dan and I will be back next week with our reviews of SmackDown and Collision. But until then, you can check out Dan and Luke reviewing Raw here on the channel tomorrow afternoon. Until then, I've been Tempest, that's been Dan, and that was SmackDown. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com.